All right, welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent and Chief Guitarist Jonathan Carl. And I'm Rick Klein, ABC News Political Director, and still witnessing that John doesn't play a single lick of this. <laughs> All right, coming up on today's podcast, I had a very interesting discussion with Eric Trump, the son of Donald Trump. We talked about what his dad is doing for debate prep. And we also asked him, I also asked him about those late night Twitter tirades that his father goes on. You'll be interested to hear what he has to say about that, right? Yeah, when my, if my dad ever tweeted in the middle of the night, you might have some concern. But of course, the presidential candidate, it's another level. But John, we're at, a, we're at an interesting inflection point. Uh, we're in the middle of debate season, literally the middle, because we've had the, pre- the first presidential debate. We had the one and only vice presidential debate. Now comes round two on the presidential debate, a town hall forum, our own Martha Raddatz, along with Anderson Cooper of CNN, uh, moderating that on Sunday night. Make sure you watch it on ABC. It's going to be a terrific television and, and a fascinating discussion. Uh, what What's changed so far? At the, here at the midpoint, what have we learned about these campaigns and what do they need to do? Wait, Rick, you're, you're deeply involved in the uh, the prep for this next I'm debate, in the cone. Right? Do you know you, what the cone is? Can you, the cone, can you cone of silence. Well, can you, just, 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 just between us, can you can you give me some stuff? I mean, what, I, what I are you can, ask? I can faithfully report that we are well-fed uh, with candy and caffeine <laughs> inside the cone of silence and can't wait to get so they've the actually, like, this is actually interesting. I haven't seen much of Rick at all uh, for the past week. And uh, you, you, you've, they've, they've let you out, uh, I guess, That's with right. a vow of absolute silence uh, about what goes on. But you're, you are deeply enmeshed in this process. It's a cool process. And, you know, Martha and Anderson are, are earnest about this and working really, really hard to make sure it's going to be a great debate. And, and it's a town hall debate. So it really is the people's debate. And uh, we'll see what great questions the, the folks in the town hall audience bring, bring to bear. And it's a different format than the previous debate, uh, which was just a moderator asking all the questions and the, the candidates uh, free to engage with each other. We're talking about stools at the front of a room. And stools. Yeah, yeah, and they can walk. They can walk around a little bit. They can they can you know talk directly to the. And there's what? There. How many how many people in the audience? Forty people in the audience. And uh, chosen by the Gallup organization. That's right. They choose they choose the audience and they submit questions and uh, and they. And these, and these are these are the undecided voters. They're uncommitted voters that uh, that live in the in the St. Louis area. This is Washington University, St. Louis, and I, you know I, I you think a lot about I've thought a lot about how experienced Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump both are as uh, as public speakers. As politicians, but they haven't done a ton of town halls, and they're, they're really not known for their, their their brand, their style is in town hall. This isn't Chris Christie, it isn't John Kasich, it isn't even Bill Clinton, uh, who clearly excelled at that style. Uh, they they have their talents, but this isn't necessarily one of them, and I think that's its own set of challenges for both campaigns. They had a dry run uh, with the uh, the Commander in Chief Forum right. on NBC, the the the, the famous. Uh, Matt Lauer uh, hosted event, uh, and it w- that was an hour long where they each went for a half hour back to back. They were never actually on the stage together, but that was interesting. Uh, it was a very bad performance, <laughs> I think. Uh, um, what was the, was the was the common uh, judgment uh, for uh, for Hillary Clinton? I, I think. But we later learned she was like deathly ill. Yeah, that's just right, right, I think that's right before the, the pneumonia diagnosis. You're right, and and Donald Trump. One of the takeaways then was that he didn't thank the questioners for their service, didn't seem to address them directly or acknowledge uh, directly in their answers. I'd imagine that has to change. Uh, th- but you're, you're right. They, we just haven't we haven't seen either of these guys. These but both of them too. had. I mean, it's like if I if, you know if you recall, Hillary's performance that night was not particularly strong. Right. Course, there was a lot of attention to Matt Lauer, and did he spend too much time on emails? And then right. was he was he easier on Trump than he was on on Hillary? 
but in the following days, it was not a good performance for Donald Trump because he was called out on on a whole bunch of uh, of, of misstatements of fact. That's right, and it is interesting to me. I forget this every four years that the, the performance in real time is judged a lot differently than than what gets remembered. In retrospect, you remember a couple of moments. There were a few takeaways. The coverage. If you launch a new storyline or two or three or four, that ends up being a focus of the coverage. And we saw it again with the VP debate this week. Uh, the instant analysis of the VP debate, I think the consensus was that, that Mike Pence was, was a winner, at least narrowly, uh, because Tim Kaine was was so eager to, to get in there and seemed to be interrupting as much as, as he did. Ultimately, I don't know if it matters much. Uh, I think Pence probably went a, a long way to steadying the campaign's storyline uh, that the, Donald Trump came in with a lot of bad news cycles. He's able to leave with something a little more positive. But, I, you know, this wasn't a ratings blockbuster, and it, it's hard to imagine that the, the VP debate moving the needle, particularly uh, in, as it relates to the fact that there are two more presidential debates, and you see the number ones out there uh, two more times. The, the v, VP debate was $37.2 million according to Nielsen. That's on broadcast. Uh, Which so you nailed was, to the tenth of the, the of a percentage point, John. If I'm if I'm if I'm right. Yeah, I think I was exactly correct. Yeah, and, and then uh, that was significantly lower than what we saw with the Paul Ryan Joe Biden debate, and much lower than the uh, Sarah Palin right. Joe Biden debate, which was one of the highest, sure. second highest uh, that, that, that we ever saw. Um, so it was a significant drop down. It was uh, less than half the audience of the first, but again, it's still 37 million people, and of course. Ratings are a little different now. There, you know, there's a thousand different ways to watch this stuff. You could get, you could live, live stream it. You don't need to be watching it on broadcast. That's right. And uh, I, I think you, you walk away with a tie. You think that's a victory for Hillary Clinton because she's she's had the the storyline in in her favor. Uh, we also this was the week of. Uh, well, it didn't feel like a tie. Uh, no, but I, I I think if if you if if you say that it's a a split decision at least, then that's the Clinton the Clinton team is happy with that. They 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 live to fight another day. There was nothing disastrous for them or for or for Tim Kaine. Uh, you know, and what's interesting too is the the new information that's come into this campaign since the first debate. Uh, you, two things spring to mind uh, in the news recently. One is Donald Trump's taxes, taxes and the, the the partial return that was leaked to the New York Times under the most mysterious three of pages, circumstances. Yeah. Just three pages state returns that return address Trump Tower. And I love that. So Eric didn't send it, right? We no, know I yeah, okay. he apparently didn't send <laughs> he it. He didn't yeah, send yeah. it. So so you've got you've got that showing the almost billion dollars in losses in one one year. And then this this interesting twist, Bill Clinton. You know, the big dog has been pretty much on his leash for for much of this this campaign season, but uh, he he 100% became a distraction this week. Yeah, and, he sure did. Before we get to that, I wonder, I, I, our, our, our uh, senior Uber uh, executive managerial producer of this show is a guy named Ryan Kessler. I think he has the sound there if, if he's able to play it. But it's, a, uh, it, it's, a, it's something that didn't get any notice that night. But it, it, uh, it's this very short exchange that Katie Turr of NBC had with Donald Trump right after the first debate. And... I thought there was some news in there, some news that, that Katie didn't seem to, to, to catch immediately. Um, and, and maybe I'm just wrong about this, but I'm wondering if, if Ryan is in there in, 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 in producer land could, uh, could play that sound bite. Do you have that? By the way, my current returns will be released as soon as Do they Do you pay work. federal income tax now? My current returns will be released as soon as they Do you pay federal income tax now? What are climate change hopes thing? It's a trouble. That was a cl- classic question at the end. What's this climate change hoax <laughs> thing? Uh, no, but, but if, you, if you heard what Trump said, and he said it twice, it was like he really wanted her to hear this. My current returns will be released as soon as they are done. My current returns 
That would be the 2015 returns. Uh, you know, apparently guys that have really big tax returns don't really necessarily, return, you know, fill it out by April 15th like you and I do. But, uh, you know, they get a series of extensions, which usually gets you to the middle of October. If you remember the famous tweet of Donald Trump saying, I'm just finished my tax return with the big piles. Right. Uh, that was a, an October 17th uh, tweet, I believe. Um, so it would seem that he's probably about to file that current return. That current return, of course, wouldn't be under audit yet. It's, it's just being filed. And what he seemed to be saying to Katie, but I didn't hear him say it to anybody else, but you hear him say it there quite clearly twice, uh, that he, his current return would be released as soon as they're completed. I mean, I, I don't know. Could, could the could the October surprise be an actual release of a tax return from Donald Trump? It would be something. I, I tend to think that Donald Trump will find a reason not to release it, but he, he seems as clear as you can be there. Now, he said in the past that all of the tax returns, whether they're technically under audit or not, are linked to each other. So maybe that's the way out. But that really would be well, something. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I've thought about this as well, John. I mean, if these tax returns had come out last October instead of this October, anything that's in them – would be old news by now. Uh, right. he, this story becomes a story because of the drip drip, because it, com- it comes out in pieces, because it, it adds to the mystery. If there was a massive document dump and we had hundreds of thousands of pages, that, that it, but they would, have go- they would have gone through already. We'd be he, well he could have done that. it like the day he did the Muslim ban. Sure, and, and, and <laughs> it would have been a thing, but it wouldn't be the thing that it is now. Although, is, although it, it would have been a treasure trove of material. Sure, for, but, 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 uh, but again, it, it would be done. And and we wouldn't be there would, wouldn't be a new a new storyline each time. And Trump himself famously criticized Mitt Romney for exactly that, exactly that scenario for waiting until October to release right, the, the, right. his his returns four years ago. And and that's what we see right now. But that that would be intri- beyond intriguing yes, if suddenly yes. we had so one. We're, we're, big we're seeking return. clarification. We will ask Eric Trump about that. Uh, but. I I uh, also – you brought up the Bill Clinton story, and, and the context here is uh, we have um, the Affordable Care Act, also known in some quarters as Obamacare, uh, going through its uh, you know, next, uh, next round of open enrollment. That, that, that's one aspect of the Affordable Care Act. Those are the exchanges or marketplaces, as they're now called, uh, where, where you know, uh, uh, some 11 million uh, Americans are able to go in and, and, and buy uh, health insurance on, on, on an open market. Uh, but it's been, it's been riddled with problems. Uh, we've seen major health insurance companies uh, drop out uh, in, in many marketplaces. Uh, United Healthcare has dropped out of a bunch. Aetna is almost completely out. Humana has dropped out of a bunch of areas. We have uh, – we have uh, – I think it's 41 counties now where there is only one option on the exchange. We have, we have a handful of states where there's only one option on the exchange. We've seen uh, premium increases of, of double digits. Uh, it's, it, it beginning, uh, there's talk of could you have a death spiral where, where only the sick are, are, are going in and, and that you know, leads to more, higher and higher costs and um, you know, fewer and fewer people uh, uh, buying into the system. Um, so Bill Clinton, enter Bill Clinton. Enter Bill Clinton. And, and you know, the context around Bill Clinton, uh, we'll play what he said in, in a moment here, but the context around that is you know, when he's out there, he's riffing. And, uh, and sometimes he doesn't even know exactly where he's going to go. He's the, he's the uh, what is he, the, 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 the secretary of, complain, of explaining, explaining stuff. stuff. Well, yeah. let's, let's hear how he explained Obamacare. We've got to figure out what to do now on health care. Her opponent said, oh, just repeal it all. The market will take care of it. That didn't work out very well for us, did it? 
we wound up with the most expensive system in the world, and we insured the smallest percentage of people. On the other hand, the current system works fine if you're eligible for Medicaid, if you're a lower-income working person, if you're already on Medicare, or if you get enough subsidies on a modest income that you can afford your health care. But the people that are getting killed in this deal are small business people and individuals who make just a little too much to get any of these subsidies. Why? Because they're not organized, they don't have any bargaining power with insurance companies, and they're getting whacked. So you've got this crazy system where all of a sudden 25 million more people have health care, and then the people are out there busting it sometimes 60 hours a week, wind up with their premiums doubled and their coverage cut in half. It's the craziest thing in the world. It's the craziest thing in the world. And it's just to remind you, he was talking about Obamacare. There's it's a, the craziest thing in the world. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of crazy things in the world. There's a <laughs> lot of crazy things. I mean, we got, well, and I'm going to get it. But yes, there's a lot of crazy things in the world. And, and, and he said uh, the people who are getting killed in this are small business people and anybody who makes, you know, just enough not to qualify for the subsidies, but still isn't wealthy enough to just throw out the, the premium increases. I mean, this is this is this is Bill Clinton. He's married to Hillary Clinton, right? That's the last time I checked. I mean, to explain what Bill Clinton said, this is a common Democratic critique. The Republicans haven't let them fix problems in the law, and because of the process of how it went through, you ended up having to make a lot of political concessions, and you were put in with a in a, uh, an imperfect system. Uh, crazy system in the world. Uh, I, I haven't heard that directly from Democrats, but that's the that's or the, the point. people who are getting killed in all this. I mean, look, you talk to the White House as you know. I, I work over in that building from time to time. The, the, the Affordable Care uh, the, the Affordable Care Act is the signature domestic achievement of Barack Obama, um, which Hillary Clinton would also agree with. By the way, it's it's not just a White House position. That's Hillary Clinton's position as well. Yes, good point. And you have. Uh, Bill Clinton saying it's the craziest thing in the world. Now, I understand uh, he's saying that, that, that he'd like to see the thing fixed. But, you know, my my Lord, that 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 gives a whole bunch of ammunition to uh, uh, to the to the uh, Trump folks. Of course, they spent much of, you know, much of the last week talking about uh, Miss Universe. And, you know, <laughs> right. But, uh, that was one of my thoughts. The other thought I had was, you know, how how did. How did Bill Clinton stay on his best behavior for as long as he had? This is a reminder of the kind of places that Bill Clinton has taken Hillary Clinton's campaign in the past. In 2007, 2008, this sort of thing happened pretty regularly where he said something not ill-meaning. He, he, he didn't try to say something. He, when, he, when he talked about the biggest fairy tale you've ever seen in Barack Obama, he wasn't trying to distract from the campaign. But that was the impact. He's been pretty good. He's for the managed most to part. avoid making news of any kind, he, and he does the rope most, line, the whole thing, yes. right? I mean, he's—it's not like he's been in a bubble. He's just been on his best behavior until now, and this—and yeah. this, I think, is damaging. Something almost certainly you'll see Trump hit at the debate. So, uh, before we get to the Eric Trump interview, Rick, what what are you uh, expecting from Trump in this debate? Is this going to be, uh, you know, is this going to be Trump? making up ground that he lost in the last debate, taking the fight to Hillary Clinton? Is he going to go there on, on, on bills and fidelities? What, what, what's he going to do? I, I think he's going to have some place that he's going to run. And, and I think one of the frustrations that you heard from his advisors after the first debate is that they had scripted some plays and he didn't run them. So 
whether he comes right out of the box to, to, to play those plays and to hit Benghazi, hit the win, whatever it is, that's in his head and that's for him to figure out. I, I think he, he certainly has to be more aggressive in making the case. And one thing that he's not been shy about is making a case against Hillary Clinton. He just didn't seem to really make an effective one. I thought at the first debate he was he, he got he started to get there and then he allowed Hillary Clinton to get in his head. He started to play her game instead of his and that's when he went off track. He's got to kind of tune that out. I think he watches the tape of Mike Pence. Because Mike Pence Tim Kaine was baiting him. You over think, and you over think again. Donald Trump's going to watch tape? Well, maybe not watch, but read some of the stories about perhaps. But look, there, there's definitely highlights. I mean, there's pieces of that that you could you like could the Wall watch. Street Journal editorial yesterday that said if Donald Trump did a good as good a job as Mike Pence in explaining Donald Trump, then uh, his campaign would be in better. You think that? that not a bad thing to be at the top of the clip pile. Uh, I really? think. I, I think. How he, do you think he reacts to that? I think I so this, this is, is okay. The, I'm going to learn. Intriguing question, Mike. Let me tell me how you do yeah. this. The, the piece that Mike Pence can teach is, I don't care what you're saying about me. I'm going to I'm going to deflect that and I'm going to go and say what I want to say. And that's the piece that that I think Trump, the, 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 his advisors have said this in the aftermath. One of the mistakes he made was to actually answer questions. They say rather than rather than take it where they want to take it. And I think Pence showed. You can see why Trump likes Pence in a lot of ways because he was able to portray a better version of Trump for conservatives. He was also able to to to, to say black is white at times. And, oh, I never said that. And yeah. I, I, I feel like there is something to learn in that. I think Mike Pence came away a lot better for his performance than Trump did his. Well, I think I think the town hall format will be very interesting uh, for uh, particularly for Trump because we haven't seen as as much of him in that format although he's done a number of town halls he did he there was a there was a time during the uh primary season where they decided that this was a, a good format for him and he did a bunch of them and he actually did pretty well and, and now true these were mostly you know overwhelmingly positive favorable audiences for him but not every questioner i i, I was with him in new hampshire when he got uh you know pretty tough question and he he didn't he didn't let it uh didn't let it get to him and uh, he showed some empathy when he was asked about. I remember a situation somebody coming up and talking about somebody who had been uh, a family member who had died of a of a drug overdose, and um, and Trump talked about that issue. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll it'll be interesting. I mean, it's it's a, but it's an entirely different dynamic, and you kind of need to answer the questions. And how great is it that Chris Christie's working with him now? I yes. mean, the, the king yeah. of town halls, the guy yes. that's done you know hundreds of these things around New Jersey and New yeah. Hampshire so famously. He's the guy that's telling, telling hey, Donald, this is how we're yeah. going to do it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's take a very quick break. We'll come back with our interview with Eric Trump. Hey, this is ABC's Dan Harris. I hope you're enjoying John Carl's podcast. I got a recommendation for an even better one. It's my podcast. It's called 10% Happier. I'm just kidding. It's not better than John's podcast. John's superior to me in every possible way. But if you want to hear more from ABC News, folks, you can listen to my podcast, 10% Happier, or lots of other ABC News podcasts if you go to abcnewspodcast.com or to the Apple Podcast Store. All right, joining us now on the phone from Maine, where he's doing a little campaigning, I assume, Eric Trump. Eric, are you with us? I am there, John. How are you? Uh, how's uh, How's that first congressional district looking? Well, it's, uh, both are looking actually great. We're uh, we're up in Maine too by I think uh, ten or twelve points. Uh, Maine one, I, I think we're going to win. There's a lot of love in the state. There's a tremendous, tremendous support. Uh, I just walked through the airport not long ago, and literally the amount of people who came up, um, you know, pretty much saying, "Tell your father to go all the way." We're a thousand percent behind him. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. So there's a lot of support in this state. 
So uh, you're gearing up. We've got the only two debates left. Uh, we're, we're, we're halfway through debate season. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, the, the big one, the town hall meeting with Martha Raddatz and Anderson Cooper in, uh, at, at Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, what, what, what is your sense? How important is this next debate? Listen, I think they're all important. I think they're, uh, they're incredibly important. It's a great way to kind of showcase yourself uh, to the country. Um, you know, at the same time, I think, uh, you know, people know the difference between the two candidates, right? I mean, one's been a career politician and uh, one's a uh, business person who's, um, you know, come out of incredibly successful business and, you know, wants to do something great for this country and has, quite frankly, sacrificed his life and has um, put a tremendous amount of money into it and, um, you know, has a family behind them that, that are doing the same thing. And, um, you know, we're working very hard to try and make America great again. Our country our country's going in the wrong direction. Uh, we have $20 trillion worth of debt. We have an educational system in our nation that's ranked 30th in the world. Um, we have a depleted military. Uh, median income in the United States hasn't gone up in 15 years. Uh, we pay higher taxes than just about any other developed nation in the world. I mean, I could keep going on and on. I mean, we have 100 million people out of, out of the workforce in, in the United States. We've lost one in three manufacturing jobs since Bill Clinton signed NAFTA. I mean, we've got real, real problems, and we need somebody to work out of this mess. And um, it's not going to be the person who, uh, or, or the people who, who put us in this very situation. So, so br- bring us inside the process of, of, of preparing for this debate. It, it, yeah. what, 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 is, what is your father doing to get ready for this one? Anything different yeah. from the last one? Yeah, my, you know, my father surrounds himself with really good people, um, and he's done that his entire life. I think that's been a pivotal aspect of his uh, of his success, and you know, he surrounds himself by incredibly, incredibly smart people. So everywhere he goes, you have General Flynn flying with him, and you have uh, Mayor Giuliani flying with him, and you have General Kellogg, and you just have you know incredible minds, the greatest economic minds, the greatest military minds, um, you know, um, you know, border security minds, law enforcement, et cetera, et cetera, and. You know, he talks to these guys and, and, and you know, ladies and gentlemen about the, the issues. And um, he does so, I think, very effectively. I think it's very different than the way some of these other candidates prepare. And you, you saw, um, you know, Kane the other night, but, you know, sounded very robotic. I mean, there's no question that so many of those sound bites were written ahead of time, um, that they had been memorized and then they're regurgitated. And I think people, I think people read through that. And I think people can, can see that, um, you know, firsthand. And, so he's different. I mean, he speaks from the heart. Um, you know, he goes with his gut. And, um, you know, so he's unconventional in that way. But I think that's also what makes him um, endearing and compelling to a lot of people. I mean, he's a he's a great American. Um, he's not a career politician. Uh, he's unscripted. And it's just very different than what people have seen for a very long time, uh, quite frankly, on both sides of the aisle. But, but is he doing anything different this time than last time? I mean, yeah, well, that, you know, that I last debate couldn't have gone as well as you wanted it to. I mean, I, you know, I, listen, I mean, listen, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the moderator exactly helped. Right? There wasn't a single, a single question that was thrown at at Hillary of any of any real substance. I mean, they didn't. Mark Geist was in the audience. Uh, he's actually become a very good friend of mine throughout this whole thing. He's one of the Benghazi, Benghazi survivors, survivor, and right. not, not a single question was asked about Benghazi. Not a single question was asked about. The Clinton Foundation, which has become one of the great Ponzi schemes um, in charitable um, history, uh, not a single question was asked about Hillary lying to the Department of Justice, lying to the FBI, lying to Congress, deleting 33,000 emails. Not a single question was asked about Haiti um, or her receiving 100, you know, $150 million effectively after the U.S. transfers 20 percent of our uranium stockpile 
to Russia, and then the Clinton Foundation gets $145 million. You know, not not a single question was asked about the $35 million that Saudi Arabia gave the Clinton Foundation, who's the single largest oppressor of women and minorities um, in the world. I mean, it's it's very very sad. You know, instead they're they're dealing with um, you know um, Miss Universe contestants from 20 years ago, and uh, you know a single page of a tax return from from 20 years ago. It's 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 actually it's it's somewhat it's somewhat heartening, and we see a lot of that. I mean, my father's not only fighting against one of the greatest political machines in the history of this country, but there's no question um, he's having to fight the entire media as well, and uh, and and tremendous media bias. But but isn't a challenge for you that, that that he's also often allowed himself to get taken off off message? I mean, you mentioned the Miss the Miss Universe issue. That wasn't a moderator question. That was obviously something that that Hillary Clinton brought up, and uh, there at the end of the debate, and then continued to be a story for five days, in in part because y- your father kept it a story. I mean, those late night tweets. Um, isn't that isn't that part of the problem? Well, listen, I think, um, you know, I, I think my father's a prideful guy, and I think, um, you know, my father's the type of guy who likes to defend himself, especially when he thinks that there's injustice. And um, quite frankly, I wish this country had, had more fighters. I don't think if we, you know, had the type of fighter that he is, I don't think we would have been ripped off as many times as we have uh, by other countries, uh, by bad trade deals. Um, you know, um, I don't think we'd be in a situation where we would have given Iran 150 billion dollars. I mean, I think I think we need a little bit of a fighter as a nation. I mean, I think that's who he is. And I think that's his, um, you know, personality type. Um, but again, I don't think there's one substantive question that was asked um, of her side, um, you know, uh, despite obviously the fact that they sit there and they focus on on very small stories from a long time ago. And, um, you know, I just I find that I find that rather, rather disheartening. And that's one of the reasons, John, and you know, you know, well, as a person, but it's one of the reasons as a total civilian in this process and as a non-politician um, and somebody who probably never go into politics, um, I stand by my father's side and I fight as hard as I do because um, we're just going in an awful direction as a, as a nation. We have so many you know problems and there are so many issues and we love this nation and we want to fix these issues and we want to bring us back to prosperity. And, um, you know, Hillary um, and so many of the politicians out there are just not going to not going to be able to do it. So do do you ever? I mean, you're obviously about as, as I mean, you're you're his most loyal defender, along, along with your your siblings, uh, and 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 we would expect nothing nothing less. But when when you see something like those late night tweets, I mean, what 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 do, do you are, are you do you have the kind of relationship with your dad where you can you can go in and say, you know, that wasn't a great idea. Let's not do that again. Yeah, yeah. Listen, of course I do. Um, I, of course I do. I, I think you know a certain sense and i said this the other day but at least you know at least he's up at three o'clock in the morning right i mean (laughs) at least at least he's going to be there to answer answer the call i mean the energy that he's put into his campaign has been tremendous if you look at how many rallies he's he's done and uh, the amount of people he's in front of every single day and and how many states he hits on every single day i mean his his energy level uh, probably passes out of mine and i'm a you know 33 year old you know young guy and i mean it's you're getting older man it it, it, it's 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 really amazing i mean he's he's amazingly passionate he's put his mind on this and um you know he wants to win and i can tell you my father's a workaholic and hey can that maybe sometimes be a little bit of an achilles heel um yeah sure um you know absolutely and he would probably be the first one to acknowledge it Um, but at least he's passionate at least he's going to defend himself at least he's a fighter um and again as i said at least he's um you know at least he'll be up to take that call um when you have another Benghazi or you have another one of these situations where a you know decision needs to be made in the middle of the night. 
Is is he going to in this next debate? And this is a town hall format, obviously much different dynamic. Uh, you know, a bunch of the questions coming from the audience, others coming in online. Is 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 he going to go at the at the personal stuff? I mean, he's he's, he's suggested he's. You know, he suggested that he might go after Bill Clinton's past infidelities. Do you do you foresee that coming up in this next debate? Well, you know, it's amazing. Um, you know, hey, the two of us have had a lot of conversations, and he's always said, listen, I've, I've never wanted to – I don't want to go that, there. In fact, the last question of the last debate, she called him a sexist, and, you know, he looked down, he saw Chelsea in the front row, and he goes, you know what, as, as easy it would have been to go exactly where I think probably the entire world wanted me to go, I decided not to. And I, um, I really applaud that um, at the same time. The personal attacks on him um, from their end are relentless. She's going to spend three quarters of a billion dollars on negative ads against my father um, in effectively a two month period of time, meaning, you know, from starting a couple weeks ago, effectively through through Election Day. Um, you know, instead of talking about a horrible career that she's had, right, where you have the entire Middle East, which is in total ruin, Libya, Syria, Iraq, um, we've spent six trillion dollars over there. Um, and ISIS is 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 wider spread than than ever before. Um, it's it's totally um, grown up um, and come about um, and morphed and and become powerful. I mean, there's not a day that you don't pick up a you know paper where somewhere in the world they aren't um, hurting somebody or, or causing death and destruction somewhere. Um, when she was a senator in New York State, uh, you remember what she promised. She promised upstate New York 200,000 jobs. The net result when she left was she hadn't created a single job. In fact, upstate New York had lost an additional 8,000 jobs from when she originally took office. You know, and, and I mean, I, I could go on and on and on, but instead of talking about her past, because there's a pretty dismal past to talk about, you know, all she wants to do is spend three quarters of a billion dollars, you know, in, in, in smear ads against my father. And I find that, I just find that very, very sad. And we all know where that money's coming from. That money's coming from special interests. That money's coming from Wall Street. That money's coming from from lobbyists. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's interesting. Our average donation thus far has been sixty one dollars. I mean, sixty one dollars. And hey, we're getting a lot of them. We're getting a tremendous amount, and the enthusiasm uh, is incredible. Um, you know, if you look at our top twenty donors and how much they've contributed, is about eighty percent of the total amount raised by her campaign is her top twenty people. And um, you know, I find that very sad. And you know, those people will have complete control of her. So I want to ask you about something. I thought that uh, uh, your your father made some news in a uh, very brief exchange he had after the debate uh, with Katie Turr of NBC, although she didn't seem to quite um, key in on it in, in, in her follow-up. I want to play this. It's a very short clip, but it's a, it's a, it's a Q&A on basically in the spin room right after the debate. By the way, my current returns will be released as soon as they Do you pay federal income tax now? My current returns will be released as soon as they come. Do you pay federal income tax now? What about this climate change hoax thing? It's a trouble. So, Eric, he says twice, and she keeps repeating the question about taxes, but but he says twice, my current returns, I assume meaning the 2015 tax returns, will be released as soon as they're done. I've never heard him say that. I've heard him talk about the audit on his previous returns. But is is that the plan when his current returns are done? And and if the, I, I assume they'll be done uh, uh, this month. That's when he's done them in in the past. They, they, they've been released in the in the middle of October. Will we see those John, tax returns? I, John, I, I I don't know. I, I I couldn't even really understand the statement to tell you the truth. But you know, he's been pretty he's been pretty transparent. Two things: when the when the standard audit is done, um, you know, he would release them in heartbeat. Um, and and he said that before. Um, or two, how about Hillary comes out and, you know, you're not asking any questions about this, but how about Hillary comes out 
and releases one of 300 speeches that she's given to Wall Street? Why doesn't she come out and release the 33,000 emails that Congress told her not to delete, but she deleted against their will? I mean, why doesn't she come out and release any of that stuff? I mean, she won't she won't release one speech transcript of hundreds and hundreds of speeches that she gave to Wall Street. I mean, she's made, since the time she came out of office, right, her and Bill left the, the, the White House and they claimed they were, quote unquote, dead broke. Today, she's worth a quarter of a billion dollars. A lot of that for giving speeches, quite frankly, while Secretary of State, which I find really troubling, right? You should be working on foreign affairs at the U.S. government, uh, not giving speeches. But, but aside well, she from wasn't, that— Well, she wasn't giving paid speeches while she was Secretary of State. The, uh, the, the, the paid speeches happened after she left. Okay, okay. Um, you know, I, I think we'd be curious to see one of those be released. I think they should all be released, but you know, it's, it's interesting that no one, no one focuses on those. You know, including you guys. And okay, so there's, um, there's I, nothing I new. That... He, he doesn't plan on releasing the 2015 returns when when he files those. John, I, this is the first know. time I'm hearing that. Okay, that's this is the first time I'm hearing hearing that comment. I I, I, I don't know what he even said. I couldn't really make it out there. It was, seemed a little bit mumbled. But um, you know, he said as soon as as soon as the audit is over, he'll uh, he'll absolutely release. And, and and let me ask you. There's a I found it interesting. He's going to be campaigning in Wisconsin the day before the debate, um, uh, appearing apparently with Paul Ryan. Do, do, do you expect that they will be on stage together? I know I know he's going to Paul Ryan's uh, event in uh, in his district. Um, listen, I think uh, you know. I think I think we've made incredible inroads to the Republican Party. We've gotten to know so many of these these people, uh, including Paul and. Um, you know, we've really uh, developed great relationships with uh, with so many of them. So I think it's uh, I think it's you know a possibility. Um, you know, certainly, and uh, you know, Wisconsin's a state that we can uh, you know we can absolutely win. Um, it's a tight race there, as I think you know, uh, but it's a state that that we feel uh, very confident we can win. And um, you know, he's spending a lot of time there, and you know, we're all spending a lot of time in these uh, these swing states, and um, you know, they're very very important. And it's uh, important to have a presence there, and it's important to talk about the issues there. And uh, that's what he'll be doing. The, the it is the day before the, the debate. I think it's uh I think it's actually what well, Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, most you know the traditional thing for a, for a candidate before the debate is to be down the day before the debate to uh, to to be you know final prep or getting ready. Um, you know, and he's 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 yeah, doing a, a campaign event in another part of the country. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's that's who he is, and you know it's it's different. Again, he doesn't lock himself in a room and try and memorize sound bites. It's not how he prepares, and he's an energetic person, and you know he goes all around, and he, um, you know, and I, I think it's great. Well, there you go, Rick. I, I don't sense there is anything significantly different going on when it comes to uh, to preparations for for Trump for this next debate. I mean, there's, you know, there's some. I mean, we we, we do know he's looked at game tape. He has looked at. At, at you know some footage of of the first debate and uh, you know uh, but but there's still no formal mock debates no run throughs none of the traditional prep that you every other presidential candidate that you or I have ever covered has done right uh, the question is to, to me what is he internalizing about the fallout from last time because it's one thing to say the moderator was unfair the microphone was broken I never had a shot out there because I was too well behaved it's another thing to say. Let me be introspective enough to realize this is a different thing than, than has ever happened before. It is a much higher profile. This race isn't over. Where can I reset? What, where can I get better? There have been signs around the way. I've often thought that Donald Trump— By the way, I ask those questions after every podcast, just, just, just so you know. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean— <laughs> Good for you. I mean, really. <laughs> I ask those about you. Yes. But, I, I, but there's something different to my mind between 
that and and what Donald Trump has normally done, which is just flying by the seat of his pants. But he does get better as a politician at times. And okay. and does he get better in time? That's, right. that's the quick, question. Running out of time, man. You're the music. I heard the music's like running like the Oscars here. What is this? Like the tape's Seriously. about to run out on the machine. All right, that'll do it for this week's politics. Please, <laughs> this this week's podcast, I should say. You see, you can always do better, Rick. That's right. Uh, please take a moment to rate our podcast. We tend to like. Five-star ratings. A four-star rating's okay, you know. Six-star ratings. Yeah, whatever you can give us. Turn it up to 11. Uh, and please, uh, if you get a chance, leave us a review there on iTunes. You can also tweet at Rick and me. I am at John Carl. That is J-O-N-K-A-R-L. And I don't know what Rick's Twitter handle is. It's at uh, Rick Klein, but, R-I-C-K-K-L-E-I-S. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Keep the conversation going. Send us questions at the hashtag PowerhousePolitics. For Rick, I'm Jonathan Carl. Have a great week, and we'll see you right back here next week.